is Your Working Life, a podcast that provides you with tools, inspiration, and resources so you can enjoy your career and love your life. I'm Caroline Dowd Higgins. I'm a speaker and a career and executive coach, and today I am so thrilled to welcome three amazing women to the show. I've got Jamie Pugh Barnes, Kate Andrews, Dorazio and Debbie Hain Vijay Vergia. These are incredible women. They are moms, they are career women, and two of them are Girl Scout troop leaders. And we're going to have a great conversation because they are on a quest to update the Girl Scout oath. Jamie, I'm going to start with you. And I would love for you to give our global listening audience the origin of how you all began this project to change the Girl Scout Oath. Great. Thank you so much, Caroline, for having us here today to share the leadership journey our Girl Scout troop has been on for the past couple of years. Our troop, made up of sixth graders from South Orange and Maplewood, New Jersey, is requesting that Girl Scouts of the USA modify the Girl Scout law and promise to be more empowering and more confidence instilling for girls everywhere. Hashtag I will, as we call it, was born out of a healthcare business women's seminar I attended led by Dr. Cindy Weller. Dr. Whaler focused on female communication style and shared how women often err on the side of inclusiveness by resisting self-promotion and using communication tags, such as, do you agree, or I just wanted to, when offering insights or contributions to discussions. By doing this, she said women inadvertently and often unconsciously diminish the strength of their message and their brand. She went on to share examples of what she was talking about, from body language to over-apologizing to word choice. You can imagine my surprise when she used the Girl Scout promise as an example of how ingrained this is in our society and our culture, calling out the word try and the associated implications. This got me thinking of all the times I second-guessed myself or added a tag to a contribution I made in a business meeting, and it got Kate and me thinking about how we wanted to give our girls the confidence to express themselves clearly. The request, the request we are making is simple. Minor edits that we believe will have a major impact on the Girl Scout community. We are asking Girl Scouts to delete the words try and do my best and replace them with will so that when girls recite the promise and law at every meeting, they are speaking with confidence and committing to the tenets and attributes that are the backbone of Girl Scouting. It's remarkable how just a few revisions can completely change the tone and impact of a message. You know, Jamie, I love that. And I'm in full agreement with you. Words matter, right? And those subtle changes are so impactful. And just so our audience gets the cool, small world of this, uh, you uh, and your your fellow colleagues, uh, the two other women who we're going to be hearing from tonight, actually saw a blog post that I wrote about this, interestingly, several years ago. So I thought that was really cool that we connected over this passion for uh, the use of empowering and confident language. And it has caused quite a national stir. You have noticed that a lot of people are talking about this. So this is a mission that other women around the, the country are joining you in. Absolutely. Jamie, let's talk about that. How did you use this issue of the Girl Scout Oath to talk about a larger problem with the girls? Sure. 
Um, our girls, many of whom have been together in this troop since kindergarten, spent the last year learning from incredible female leaders. We talked to two local high school sisters who started national nonprofit. We talked to local female elected officials, and we read a lot about and watched the notorious RBG. The common thread lesson during this journey, um, which is a Girl Scout term when you do multiple projects um, that all have the same theme, is that if you see an issue or want to make a change in the world, you have the passion, the voice, and the tools to create that change. We learned about different forms of advocacy, from letter writing to in-person solicitation of signatures for a petition to social media to public speaking. We realized that what we are focusing on is not a Girl Scout specific issue, but rather a societal issue of how we raise and socialize our girls in this country and the power of language and communication. Our culture and society is filled with unconscious biases and women and girls often fall into these traps, most of the time inadvertently. And as you were just saying, Caroline, effective communication is key to instilling confidence in your audience and in yourself. If you can say it, you can believe it. You know, it's interesting because you're a healthcare industry professional and you're dedicated to ensuring that patients have access to the medicines they need, for example. And I I find it fascinating that even we as grown-up women uh, are still dealing with this in 2020, meaning how, how much words matter. Do you ever encounter things that hearken to this, this uh, change of language with the Girl Scout Oath in your professional realm in healthcare? Absolutely. I, I think this is why we started this project in the first place, was as I was listening to Dr. Whaler speak, so much of that resonated with me. And I thought about the way that I communicate in meetings, the way that my colleagues communicate, um, and I fall into all those traps. This project has actually made me extremely aware of the way I type my emails, the way I communicate, and has made many changes to be much more direct and to the point. Which is really great, right? It's a reminder to us all. It's a multi-generational message, and it, it honors all of us. So I, I want wonder- what's Go ahead. And just one thing that's been really interesting, Caroline, is as we have talked with other women about hashtag I will, they've been quite chagrined to see that the you know the next generation is falling into these same patterns. You know, there's been many studies and articles published about this gender confidence gap, and it starts as early as age eight in girls. Um, you know, Caddy Kay and Claire Shipman's book, The Confidence Code, highlights this specifically. Wow. So we feel like there is such an opportunity uh, for Girl Scouts because those are the same prime years that girls are in scouting. So could you imagine how a change like this, you know, if Girl Scouts recite a confident, empowering promise in law each meeting could change? Yeah, that's really incredible. So I want to share something that you and your colleagues and I talked about offline uh, when we first connected a few weeks ago. When I wrote about this in my blog, I received a lot of pushback, and and I I welcome uh, you know different viewpoints, uh, but I was shocked because so many people argued you know the the Girl Scout oath on my honor I will try to serve God and my country, and so many people pushed back and said. 
well, trying new things or being afraid to fail is not necessarily a bad thing, right? Or, or, or not being afraid to fail. What's your take on that? Because for me, they lost the point, right? I'm not saying don't fail. I'm not saying don't try, but I'm saying have the confidence to say, I will do this. Oh, I am so glad you brought that up because it is really important. We agree wholeheartedly that giving children and really all people the freedom to try new things and risk failure is essential to learning, growing, and developing. And there's great value in that, particularly if you have support along the way. That being said, as you, you know, just to reiterate what you just said, Caroline, what enables someone to try a new activity, particularly one that's uncomfortable for them, is courage. And that's what we are focusing on giving girls the tools and language to commit to being courageous and strong, to commit to being considered and caring, to commit to being responsible for what they say and do, all the core elements of the Girl Scout promise and law. Girl Scouts can and they will. That's awesome. Have you seen a change in the girls? Has it been really exciting just to see how they've transformed? Oh my gosh, it really has been. These girls, we started this project when they were eight and nine years old. And to see the transformation, you know, Kate will talk to you in a few more moments about how this was really driven from them. And they, it it has been just awe-inspiring for all of us just to see how impassioned they are and how their own confidence has grown dramatically by this project and the opportunities that has enabled them. That is awesome. And I'm really excited because we are going to hear from the girls throughout this episode. So coming soon. So Jamie, while I have you, I'd love to hear too, how can people get involved? Because this is a global podcast, but certainly we have people uh, living in the States who are nodding their heads saying, yes, I want to get involved. How do I support the hashtag I will movement? There are two things that they can do right immediately. We have a YouTube video Um, And we have a change.org petition. So if people are interested in learning more about the project, I really encourage them to just uh, put hashtag I will Girl Scouts into the search terms, both YouTube and change.org and sign our petition and watch our video. That is awesome. Jamie, thank you so much. I'm really impressed with this movement. I'm in full support and I'm so excited to continue this conversation with your colleagues. Hi, my name is Maya. And some things that I've learned from hashtag I will is that it doesn't matter your gender, it doesn't matter your age, it doesn't matter your race, it doesn't matter your size. It just matters that you have a voice and that you put your voice into that matter so it can change. Hi, I'm Kate and I'm 11 and what I like about hashtag I will is that I can show how strong women can be. Kate, I'm really excited to talk about your vantage point with the hashtag I will movement. And how did you take the issue to the girls and what was their reaction? Because for me, it's just so impressive impressive that these girls have embraced this wholeheartedly and made it their own. Yeah. You know, it, it was about two years ago. The girls were eight or nine at the time. And the first thing we did was we printed out copies of the Girl Scout Law and the Promise and we printed out copies of the Boy Scout Oath and Promise and asked the girls to compare them and contrast them and just see if they noticed anything different. Immediately, they actually picked up that the language for the Boy Scouts um, Oath and Promise is much more direct. The language of the Girl Scout you know, is, I will do my best, I will try, and the Boy Scouts is, a scout is. And they immediately came to us and said, wait, you know, this is, this is not cool. Why do we 
have to try and boys can just do all these things. So that was the first thing. And they, they, we were really amazed by how they pretty much immediately recognized this. Um, the next thing they decided to do was they were going to observe their classmates. They were going to observe the boys in their class and the girls in the class and just see if they react differently in the class. Um, and, you know, just see how things, how, how different their attitudes sort of are in the classroom. And they actually found out that the boys are quicker to answer questions and they stated their responses with much more confidence than the girls did. Uh, the girls tended to hang back. They hesitated when called on, sort of used, you know, um, you know, sort of answered in questions. They had a hard time getting their answers out. And the girls actually talked to their teachers and the, the teachers had noticed that boys have absolutely no problem just answering, just you know, they, they believe they know the answer and they answer it. While girls, the teachers seem to think that they really needed to feel about 90% sure that they're correct before actually answering a question. It's, it's incredible. There's research backing that up. And, and isn't it fascinating that we're seeing it present in young girls? Right. And, and, you know, in the young, I have a kindergartner as well, and that's not the case in kindergarten. You know, it, it starts, you know, I would you know, when they're a little bit older, you know, seven, eight years old is when sort of this this difference starts between the boys and the girls. Um, the girls also, they, they um, we had them do some research and this is what they discovered, that the girls, they suffer a dramatic drop in confidence really between, eight, between ages eight and 14. So that's basically what we're talking about. Before age eight, you know, girls shout out those answers too. Starting around eight, um, they really, really, their confidence levels really drop. Um, and they also looked up statistics in women's and leadership positions across entertainment, politics, business. And they discovered that women are really, really underrepresented, which of course we know. But I think for, you know, eight, nine-year-olds, girls, it was, it was sort of really, really um, awe-inspiring in a bad way <laughs> to see how underrepresented women are and really across all sectors. Right. And the, the social construct, right, that influences the confidence in our girls. It, it's just, uh, it, it's actually frightening to me, you know, to think about how this maybe precocious, uh, uh, self-confident kindergartner, right? This fictitious kindergartner changes. And by the time she's eight or nine, her confidence shifts because of social pressure. Yeah. It's, it's, um, it is definitely, it's, it's something to have, be able to have eight and nine-year-old girls recognize this and what a gift, you know, that they have, that they're going to be able to hopefully, you know, they're really, they're aware of this, uber aware of it. And, um, you know, to be able to uh, be able to sort of bring this knowledge to other girls their age. And that's actually, we had, we had really thought at the beginning, Jamie and I, our thought was, well, in our troop, when we see, say the promise in law, we will change it. We will edit it for our troop only. But our girls were like, no, <laughs> you know, this is not just about us. You know, we really, really want to bring this to the attention of all Girl Scouts, and we need to figure out how we can bring this to attention of Girl Scouts of USA and actually make a change. 
That's amazing that the girls are really thinking about it on a national level. And and clearly you're a role model, right? Because you are an advocate. I know that you are a volunteer for CASA of Essex County in New Jersey, a court appointed special advocate for children in the foster care system. And I know you took some time off to, to raise your daughters, but you've always been incredibly involved in your community. So how did you incorporate other adult women into this work that the girls were doing and the project as a whole? Well, we have gotten so much support. Um, We've been amazed and so appreciative. Uh, These girls have gotten to speak to so many amazing women and men who have really supported Hashtag I Will. Um, We first had to gain the support of Girl Scouts, Heart of New Jersey's Board of Directors. The first thing we we had to ask them to sponsor Hashtag I Will with the Girl Scouts of the USA The only way this change can happen is through a vote at the triannual girl convention. Uh, In order for us to even get to be able to present that there, we had to have the Girl Scout, our Girl Scout Council, submit an application for consideration. So the girls had to create a slide deck. They had to create speaking points. They practiced, um, you know, their, their parts and preparation. They had to present to this room full of adults, men and women, and including the CEO of the Girl Scouts Hearts of New Jersey, Natasha Hemmings. And the response they received from these adults, these, you know, at that point, I think they were 10, 10 year old girls, nine and 10, the response they got was just overwhelming. Their story resonated with every single board member. There were tears. I mean, these women and men were just absolutely blown away and obviously voted unanimously to support it. Um, We also, after that, I think that built a lot of their confidence as far as speaking to adults and like helping bring adults on board. They sort of realized this is something that's bigger than just them. Uh, We we also spoke with Sheena Collum, who is the village president of South Orange, And we spoke with also two of the village trustees, Donna Collier and Karen Hilton. Uh, We were planning to meet with President Column as part of, we were doing a leadership journey for Girl Scouts. And we wanted her to speak to the girls about her path into politics. But the minute we met with her, she asked the girls, you know, what they had been up to. And they were so excited and started talking about hashtag I will. And she became so enthusiastic and spoke to the girls, um, gave them so much advice. She was, you know, talked to them about starting the petition. Uh, she had told the girls that if we, if they received over 200 signatures on the petition, then she would make sure that they could request a legislative resolution from both the South Orange Board of Trustees and also the Maplewood, New Jersey Township Committee. Our two towns are very, it's um, one school district, so it's you know two towns, but really one community. Uh, and the girls in one night got 200 signatures, and they were able to present to both South Orange and Maplewood, and uh, we were able to get a resolution passed with both towns. That's amazing. And, and it really helps us understand the magnitude of this endeavor, right? This isn't just a simple request. You're building, the girls are building a case, right? And, and seeking support from hundreds and hundreds of other people. So I'd love to know, how did you decide to be a Girl Scout leader? And, and what does that mean to you? I can hear the passion in your voice. So I, I was a Girl Scout. Um, 
I think my my mother was one of my Girl Scout leaders, and I enjoyed Girl Scouts. I think I I think my whole troop disbanded right probably the end of fifth grade when we were entering middle school, and you know I I liked it, and I didn't have it. I really I was a stay at home mom at the time, and I liked Girl Scouts, and I thought well you know I'll I'll do this. This is nice. I'd like my girls to be involved. Um, I was very pleased to see how Girl Scouts had evolved. Um, it, when I, my memory of it was, it was, it was, you know, very fun and I was with my friends, but definitely the badges that you earned were sort of home ec-ish, you know, <laughs> lots of sewing and cooking and, you know, um, well, it has evolved, I will tell you, uh, that you can get badges for anything now. You know, you can still do cooking and sewing, nothing wrong with that, but there's also badges for anything you can think of. And also, like my daughter did Girl Scout sleepaway camp. And that, the only word I can use to describe that is rugged. They slept in platform tents and, you know, so Girl Scouts, they cook their own meals. It's definitely come a long way as far as not being sort of that stereotypical, you know, we'll teach you to sew and to, you know, yeah, cook. It, it's not um, just cookies, right? <laughs> yeah, no, not at all. So then this whole thing came about, which uh, the hashtag I will, which was brought to our attention and, and I think actually goes very well with the Girl Scouts that I have been, you know, a leader for, for the past seven years. Um, and I, uh, it, it's taken on a whole new thing than what I thought it was. You know, when I, when I became a Girl Scout leader, it was just sort of something extra to do with my daughter. And now it's completely formed a totally different bond between my daughter and myself. And uh, just, it's, it's been a fantastic experience. And it, it, the hashtag I will really resonates with me. I, I come from it from a bit of a different perspective than Jamie where Jamie has lived her entire um, life as a parent, as a very successful working woman, where I, on the other hand, after I had my daughter, had no intention to uh, to be, stay at home. I, I assumed I, I left work to have my child, <laughs> left my shoes under my desk, <laughs> assumed I was going to come back to work in a few months, and uh, ended up slightly reluctantly becoming a stay-at-home mom. And th the way that happened was basically while I was on maternity leave, I it became very clear that when speaking to my boss that I wasn't going to get the support that I probably would have needed uh, to feel successful at being both a parent and a working mother at my job. He made it abundantly clear that you know, if I was nursing and I had to pump, I could, the only place I could go would be the public bathroom in the hallway that we shared with five other offices that had like two stalls. And, um, you know, if I, I, you know, I had worked, I had my daughter a little bit later in my thirties and I had work, been working, you know, I'd stay at work till nine or 10 o'clock and made it clear, he made it clear he expected that to continue. And I sort of felt like at the time, oh, well, you know, luckily I'm in a financial situation where I can stay home. And even though I hadn't planned to, you know, this is the way it is. And I didn't want to sacrifice, you know, I was a new mother, I was, you know, postpartum. 
Um, so I decided to stay home. And I will tell you that being involved in hashtag I will has really made me look back at myself in, this, in that situation and at that time in my life and realized had I had the tools that I believe our Girl Scouts are learning at such a young age and had, I didn't even realize I could advocate for myself at that time. And I'm... Yeah, I'm so glad you brought that up because you're back in the workforce. And now, uh, yes, after a decade, I was planning on going back earlier. And then six years later, I got pregnant again. But so now after a decade, I actually am now back full time working in New York City, commuting every day. So and it's fantastic. Yeah. And you're in a rigorous role, right? You're a senior product manager for Robert Mark, New York. So what do you know now that you didn't know then? Or how might you advocate for yourself differently? Or maybe for another woman who's at a different point in her career? I I think that had, you know, if I, my advice and would be definitely don't be afraid to speak up. You can, you can speak up for yourself. You know, as women, we really are taught, you know, to be so polite and to really accommodate others. And I thought, I thought, oh my gosh, if I go back to work and I have, you know, and I need to pump a few times a day and I want to get out of work at a normal time to see my child, even if I'm willing to work at home, it didn't matter. I thought that that's so inconvenient for everybody else. You know, I don't want to inconvenience people. And I, I mean, that's really the way I felt. And I think my advice or the way I would, the advice I would give somebody now is it's not inconvenient. It's living your life. You have to you have to speak up for yourself. And men don't have an issue doing it most of the time, I have to say. So uh, if I could, you know, I don't regret, I don't regret the time I spent with my children at all. However, I do wonder how, if I had felt the same way, if I had the same knowledge I have today, if I could go back would I have been able, and I probably would have been able to to come to some kind of an agreement and have some kind of a situation where I could have felt like I could do both. So awesome lessons learned, right, for the grown-up girls as well as our young girls. So Kate, tell me, what are the next steps and, and what do you hope to achieve? Because clearly there's there's more work to be done. There is. there. The next step is for us to be able to present at the um, at the girl at, at, in 2020 at the um, at the Girl Scout National Convention. That's you know we we will hear in February if our application was accepted. So that's hopefully the next step. <laughs> hopefully our, our we will be accepted. And we will have the girls will be able to present it in October. Um, this is this is the only way they have made it clear for any kind of revision to the promise and law to be made. So in the meantime, while we're waiting, we are going to continue our grassroots advocacy. We're building support and awareness. Um, I mean, the impact that we've had already spans further than Girl Scouts. Uh, Jamie had told me earlier that her aunt, after hearing about hashtag I will, her aunt went back to a grant application she was working on and she actually edited out all of the communication tags she had previously included. Uh, you know, so you're talking to other women who are already in positions of power, you know, and it's still resonating. You know, it's um, I know daily it completely I think about not using the word try as much. I notice myself using it and how I speak to my my colleagues. I mean, it's definitely had an impact on that. 
uh, I think our girls, they are role models for both current and future generations at this point. Uh, they have an obligation and we see it and they see it, which is great to shape the next generation of girls and women. They can have this success and achievement that really they desire and that they deserve. So, uh, Onward. We, we're, we're, we're hoping. Yeah, I think I think the more the more people we speak to and the girls see it, the more you realize how many people this resonates with. That's awesome. Well, keep up the great work. Hi, I'm Lucy and I am 11 years old and I like hashtag I will because it shows that anyone can make a difference. I'm Grace. I'm 11 years old. And my favorite thing about hashtag I will was when we went to get 200 signatures on our petition. When we did, it let me know that people support us. Debbie, I'm so excited to talk to you because your perspective is slightly different in that you're not a Girl Scout leader, but you are certainly the mother of a Girl Scout. And I think your perspective is really important in this. Have you seen the girls change over the last couple of years as you've been working on this project? Uh, yeah, you know, I, I really have. Their their drive, passion, their willingness to keep with it, it's been really, really amazing. Um, it's been a very long road. It's been over two years, and we're just so impressed with their tenacity and continue to focus on hashtag I will. Um, you know, the project has given the girls the opportunity to really have a voice and to be heard by adults and elected officials, which they normally wouldn't have. And they've learned that they have a voice and that it matters. And the first adults to listen to them were Jamie and Kate. And it was the girls' idea to raise this to Girl Scouts of the USA. And Jamie and Kate supported them together with the girls, figured out how to make that happen. The trust this troop has, you know, for one another is a really beautiful thing to see. Um, they are living the saying of a quote, what is it? Be the change that you want to see in the world. And, um, you know, I'm sure that the girls will reflect back on hashtag I will throughout their lives and realize that it's been really beautiful to see. And I love how you shared that they're really finding finding their inner advocates and using their collective voices to stand up for what they believe in. What a beautiful experience at a young age. It's really a gift. It really, really is. And um, I could not be prouder of all of them and to be able to sit by and, and watch it. And, you know, the, the journey is, it's invaluable. You, you just, you really can't put a price on it. I hope you understand your important part in this, though. You are an incredible role model. Your work as a stillbirth parent advocate at both the state level in New Jersey and the national level is incredible. So I hope you realize the connection there, right? That these girls are learning from you, too. That is is really impressive. So well done. Oh, well, thank you very much. So... What's your reaction when your daughter, in particular, first told you about hashtag I will? Were you surprised? Were you excited? I mean, how did that feel? Because that must have been a bit of a surprise. It, you know, it really was. To be honest, I was completely blown away uh, when Maya came home and told me about what they discussed at, at uh, their troop meeting. I, I was 
I just so impressed that these eight and nine year olds even had the wherewithal to do something like this because, you know, it took me 35 years to find a voice and to stand up for what I believed in. And I just I couldn't have been prouder of Maya and her troop members for finding their inner advocate. I really couldn't. That is so pretty cool. Awesome. Well, you founded the Two Degrees Foundation, again, a New Jersey-based organization dedicated to giving every family in the state a fighting chance against stillbirth. But tell me how, um, I know you're not a troop leader, but you're an advocate and you're a supporter and you're right there in the trenches. Uh, How has this impacted you on the professional side of your life? Do you see life through a different lens, knowing what the girls are working toward? I definitely see, you know, for me, it's all about persistency and advocacy. You know, the second that you take a step back and say, forget it, nothing's going to happen is when you, nothing will happen. You have to keep going and you have to not give up and you have to believe in yourself. And there have been moments where I felt a little bit beaten down with some of the projects that I've been working on. And I think of Maya and the other girls and what they've been doing and how I've been helping them. And I take a deep breath and I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to keep going and I'm going to do whatever I can to be heard. And, and you know, the, those lessons of resiliency and persistence are incredible. That's, that's really amazing. So what's next? What happens next? And I've asked the other women this too, because I want to be able to use this as a rallying cry for this national movement. How can people listening get involved? Well, what people can do to help is they can sign the online petition. They can do what, share the story on social media and create awareness about what the girls are trying to do because uh, we're only as strong as we are with the number of people that are supporting us. So the more people behind us and the hashtag I will movement, I think the, the stronger we are. So share the story share the campaign, and hopefully uh, Girl Scouts uh, will hear us and we will be heard. That is awesome. Debbie, thanks for your amazing work with hashtag I will. And I wish you and Kate and Jamie continued success. And I'm so eager to hear from the girls. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you taking the time to speak with us all. My name is Eva. I'm 11 years old, and something that I've learned through hashtag I will is if you talk, people will listen and support you. I'm Tabby, and I'm 11 years old. I like hashtag I will because it shows that if there's something that you think is wrong and you stand up for it, you can make a difference. Jamie, Kate, and Debbie, I want to thank you so much for joining me today on Your Working Life. I'm grateful to have the opportunity to speak with you about your journey to empower young girls through Girl Scouts and their mission to have the official oath updated. If you like our show, subscribe on iTunes or SoundCloud, and even better, leave us a review because that helps people find us online. And let me know what career-minded issues you would like for us to feature on a future show. You can find me on Twitter at C. Dowd Higgins. And a special thanks to my podcast colleagues, Laura Deck, Executive Director of Publicity and Communications, and Claire McInerney, Executive Producer. Thank you for making this show awesome for our global audience. I'm Caroline Dowd Higgins. Thanks for listening.